This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I'm Sam Sachs. I am Sam Knight. We're broadcasting out of the Sentinel Fort in Pistown, Washington, D.C. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. Check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash districtsentinel. It's now uh, Wednesday. We're almost 48 hours past when the Iowa caucuses officially ended. And we're still waiting on those final results. 71% in. And what, you saw a report that we're going to get a, another tranche of of results sometime this afternoon? Sometime this afternoon? They didn't say when? No uh, clue how much results? No clue how much, how many? No idea why it's taking this long to produce all of the results. But it, it, uh seems awfully convenient that they released the 62% of results showing that Pete Buttigieg has the most uh, delegates, even though Sanders is winning the uh, popular vote both at the start of the caucus and after realignment. Um, shades of how the uh, electoral college works at a presidential level to how someone can win the popular vote in the Iowa caucus and not win the most delegates in the state. It almost seems like these delegates are being, uh, are these precincts are being reported in a way that maximizes Pete Buttigieg's fundraising capabilities over the next few days. Absolutely. This is just fucking disgusting. I've seen people online posting about how they hope this highlights uh, Buttigieg's dislikability, considering how he has carried himself over over the past few days, even though no one knows the final count yet. I hope it does, because, it, God, it's just making me fucking well up with rage. I hope all of this has dismissed any any sort of skepticism whatsoever of whether or not this was planned. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty clear that uh, whoever the party officials here in Iowa are, they are slow walking these results for the maximum benefit of Pete Buttigieg and to the harm of Bernie Sanders and it also helps people like Joe Biden and Amy Klobuchar as well. Definitely. Joe Biden totally fucking flying under the radar. Totally flying under the radar. Although he, he seems to be starting to admit that uh, he had a poor showing in Iowa. Yeah. And we've had MSNBC on over here at the Sentinel Fort. Yeah, uh, we're back on that bullshit. Back on that bullshit. I mean, it's the Democratic primary, so you kind of have to watch uh, MSNBC to, to this anyway but you don't have to you don't but have we're doing to it. <laughs> I, that's a total lie but it, it it does give you an insight into how the party is thinking and even then even then people were harsher on msnbc toward joe biden than i was on this show saying that if he doesn't perform well in new hampshire he might have to drop out before south carolina yeah Oh, well, well, we we ranted a lot about this on yesterday's show. Uh, Not much new to report. We'll know what these new results come in. I mean, my guess is a lot of the uh, uncounted vote comes from Bernie areas. Yeah, we've seen reporting that it comes from satellite caucuses, uh, from the Des Moines area, from uh, Black Hawk County, which was a heavily Bernie-leaning area, too. So it's likely Bernie will increase his popular vote leads and possibly pull even when it comes to state delegates, if not pull ahead of Buttigieg when it comes to state delegates after all the votes are counted. And at the very worst, at the very worst, Buttigieg and Bernie are going to be coming out of Iowa with the same number 
of national delegates just with Bernie with a higher popular vote. So when people say that Pete Buttigieg won Iowa, it's bullshit. It's complete bullshit. All right, what else is going on? Well, I I will just pledge right now. I will not be supporting the nominee in any way if it is Pete Buttigieg. I can promise you that much. As you didn't in 2016 either. (laughs) (laughs) Living in D.C. has perks. Um, State of the Union was last night. It does, but I also will knock on doors in Virginia for Bernie Sanders. I will not do that for Pete Buttigieg. Yeah, definitely not. Definitely not. And I will vote for Bernie Sanders. Um, State of the Union. Not that it matters. State of the Union was last night offering up uh, another viral moment for Pelosi stands when she ripped up Trump's speech. Um, sure. She it, probably it, it, taped the part that was pro Juan Guaido yeah. back together. She's like, oh, yeah. I got to save this one page and tape it back together. Yeah, she jumped out of her chair to uh, salute Juan Guaido like there was a fucking airbag inside of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, we did uh, a lot. A lot of people sharing uh, the clip of Pelosi ripping up Trump's speech as though she didn't invite Trump to give that speech or hasn't. Uh, Provided Trump several legislative victories as Speaker of the House. People uh, not so much sharing Trump's snub of Pelosi when she tried to shake his hand before the speech. (laughs) Owned. Um, Remember, like last week, when Democrats were whining about how Trump didn't invite them to the to the USMCA signing, even though they were the ones who fucking handed him his key legislative victory and thought that maybe he would give them credit. And the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. The State of the Union, though, was just like a spectacle unlike any other State of the Union and a reminder of just how deeply diseased and failed this country is. Uh, Rush Limbaugh was given the Presidential Medal of Freedom in the middle of the State of the Union. Uh, There was some weird like Maury Povich style uh, troop family Reunion. reunion. It was Thank like you. an. It was like the NFL halftime show, yeah. where it's like, "Oh, we brought the troop back for this halftime reunion. Yeah. Now off to go drone strike some villages and kick down doors in 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 fucking the Afghan Pakistan frontier." Yeah, you're gonna cut this out, aren't you? No. Should I? No, not at all. Okay. I wasn't planning on it. <laughs> just... Our audience is going to think that I end up cutting tons of stuff out of our show all the time because of the last few episodes you've suggested I, I'm i going to cut something out when I don't. It's the magic of podcasting, baby. Sometimes you get to see how the sausage is made. Uh, we've also got the final day in the impeachment trial in the Senate. Trump is going to be acquitted. Of things that went well for Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, tr- Trump is going to be acquitted today uh, in the Senate. Um, that doesn't mean that the that the Ukraine story will end. There is reports that the House will continue investigating the issue, uh, including subpoenaing John Bolton to testify uh, before the House. So. Um, this is not likely to go away. Can they try to impeach him again sure. on all the other crimes he's done? I they mean, could. F- fuck the Ukraine story for now. I know. Yeah. I mean, look, at the very least, and I know people are pointing to Trump's like slight improvement in his polling as evidence that this whole thing was a disaster. I think that misses a lot of the uh, the point of impeachment was also to put Republican senators in a tough, tough spot. 
casting a vote to acquit Trump, and we'll see the effects of that. We'll also see the effects in November of the fact that Trump was impeached as he's running for re-election. But I will say, two weeks in which the Senate was spending time impeaching Trump, uh, talking about what a corrupt criminal president he is, is better than any other two weeks in the Senate when they're normally approving Trump's judges. Yeah, so right. I have no yeah. problem if they want to spend the next six months trying to impeach Trump in the Senate. It's better than approving his judges or passing infrastructure legislation or working with him on trade deals or any of this other bullshit, which, yes, they were doing before impeachment and to a certain extent during impeachment, at least in the House. But what else are they going to do? Set up a Ukraine, the hell else are they going to do? Set up a Ukraine committee. Set it up. Why not? Set it up like the Benghazi committee. I mean, I, like, I am a but, little bothered by the sort of Russia fear-mongering of that's attached to the issue. But at this point, <laughs> Adam Schiff's rhetoric isn't really moving the dial. <laughs> I, I, But again, I just think that with all the other things to, to go after him for on impeachment— that they missed by yeah. Nancy Pelosi being Keep like, oh, this is going to be a slam dunk when really Keep she was going. speaking coded language for I'm totally offended on behalf of Joe and Hunter Biden. They're going to do the I same thing to Bernie. Because they're my fucking uh, class colleagues. They're going to do the same thing to Bernie. They did the same thing to Obama. We should do it too. And That's right. I don't usually say we as in a Democrat because I don't really associate with the Democratic Party anymore. But they, if they want to pra- exercise any of the power that they have, They should spend the next several months just investigating the president. All right, it's Wednesday, February 5th, 2020. Here's the news. FBI Director Christopher Wray testified today before the House Judiciary Committee. Wray was quizzed on his thoughts about encryption by committee chair Gerald Nadler, Democrat from New York. In October, Facebook had proposed encrypting its message services as part of plans to merge Facebook Messenger with messaging services on Instagram and WhatsApp, two companies owned by Facebook. Ray hit out at the plans when they came out, made no mention of antitrust concerns. He said that the improved data security would be, quote, a dream come true for predators and child pornographers. Here's what the top FBI man had to say about the matter when Nadler asked him about it this morning. And I would tell this committee uh, that the FBI believes strongly in encryption. We, after all, have a cybersecurity mission, which is one of our top priorities. But I think we also have to have mechanisms that allow lawful access to protect flesh and blood Americans. This is totally inconsistent. Flesh and blood Americans use encrypted messaging services to protect themselves by protecting their sensitive information about their flesh and blood, in some cases quite literally with medical records. As we have discussed many times on the show over the years, you can't undermine encryption only to catch bad guys. These guys just don't get that. The digital ecosystem doesn't work that way. It's like saying, we got to invent bullets that only kill the bad guys. (laughs) As such, Ray turned to more fear-mongering just after his flesh and blood comment. Here he is saying, actually, it's good that Mark Zuckerberg can currently read your private messages. NCMEC, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, gets about 18 million tips. And I think it's important for Americans to understand this. Get about 18 million tips a year related to child exploitation. 18 million. And some vast swath of those come from Facebook. Now, if Facebook moves forward with the plans that they have at the moment, We will be blinded. They will blind themselves and law enforcement. 
This is like saying the government needs to read every piece of mail because child porn is sent through the U.S. Postal Service. Proposing messaging encryption is the least sociopathic thing Mark Zuckerberg has done in a long time. Naturally, he had to make it part of some creepy mega merger. And naturally, the FBI is going after the good part of this awful thing. Moving on, a so-called Israel-Palestine peace plan that is being pushed by the Trump administration, spearheaded by Jared Kushner, got absolutely panned by the European Union this week. Oh no, the boy genius couldn't do it. The plan released last month would further codify Israeli-style apartheid, forcing Palestinians into isolated enclaves where they are denied basic rights. It would grant Israel territory that has long been disputed. Palestinians were not even involved in the negotiations on the plan. The EU's foreign affairs chief, Joseph Borrell, is scheduled to arrive in the U.S. and meet with Secretary of State Mike Pompeo and Jared Kushner to discuss the plan. But ahead of that meeting, Borrell said on Tuesday that he had several concerns with it, including Israel's annexation of the Jordan Valley and parts of the West Bank. Borrell said, quote, steps toward annexation, if implemented, could not pass unchallenged. And, quote, the European Union calls on both sides to re-engage and to refrain from any unilateral actions contrary to international law that could exacerbate tensions, end quote. The EU reported that it is studying the Trump administration's plan. It is unlikely, however, that it gets endorsed by the EU, given that many member nations recognize Palestinian statehood. And for the EU to endorse the plan, it would need to be unanimous. The inspector general of a top banking regulator said agency rule proposals aren't being properly assessed. The FDIC inspector general said in a report today that cost-benefit analyses have been off looking at proposed regulations from January 2016 to December 2018. The problem, the report found, is that the agency likes to give itself flexibility, meaning its standards are low and arbitrary. There's no protocol for assessing cost-benefit based on the significance of the proposed rule. The FDIC chief economist isn't currently required to sign off on cost-benefit findings. Of the 40 final rule proposals studied, only 15 of them had cost-benefit analyses. The FDIC, the FDIC didn't explain why some final proposals had the cost-benefit analyses and why others did not. Also, the IG found that 25 rules without any cost-benefit contain, quote, both substantive and less substantive rules. Unsurprisingly, one of these pertained to a major deregulatory effort, eroding extra scrutiny for some of the largest banks in the country. After the 2008 crash, regulators established an asset threshold to determine which of the biggest banks were most significant and therefore required more supervision from regulators. In the late Obama era, that was raised from $500 million to $1 billion, and again in the Trump era, from $1 billion to $3 billion. The IG said this was done without any kind of cost-benefit analysis whatsoever, something that should have been done even though the rule changes were prompted by Congress. Waiting for uh, Jason Johnson to chime in and say there's absolutely no difference between a bank <laughs> worth $500 million and one worth $3 billion. <laughs> Anyway, the IG made five recommendations to the FDIC to formalize its practices. The FDIC agreed with four and only partially agreed with one. Finally today, some more news from Scammer Nation. The Federal Trade Commission is out with a new enforcement action against a company hawking miracle anti-aging pills. 
The charged company was Quantum Wellness Botanical Institute, which sold a product called Rejuvenation. Here's how the FTC described how Rejuvenation was being sold. Quote, ads promised that Rejuvenation would reverse the aging process, repair damage to the body, and treat diseases by stimulating the production of human growth hormone and stem cells. The defendants boldly claimed that Rejuvenation could reverse or repair heart attack damage, heart disease, blindness, brain damage from stroke, Alzheimer's disease, Parkinson's disease, deafness, Crohn's disease, and age-related damage to the body's organs, tissues, and joints. Uh, I don't know. If I were trying to hawk some de-aging bullshit, I would simply remain vague about its benefits. Makes you look younger and not make claims that it cures blindness and reverses heart attacks, which would obviously raise some suspicions. And it did. Go big or go home. The FTC looked into rejuvenation, determined that the company's claims were false and misleading and not based on actual scientific data. The company was fined $3.4 million by the FTC, but it will only have to pay $660,000 to refund people who bought the product. The rest of the settlement will be forfeited due to the company's inability to pay it. The company also agreed to run human testing trials on products before making claims about future efficacy of their products. And on that note, it's time to move on to the poetry portion of the show. You can hear the music. Time to read some haiku for our new subscribers over at patreon.com slash district sentinel. Five bucks a month, you get access to all the bonus content, including your own poem read for you, written for you, and read on the air. I'll go first. This one is for Roy. Holding a boombox outside Tom Perez's home, it's blaring, resign. Thank you, Roy. This is for Michael. Resign, Tom Perez. I yell from the megaphone in Tacoma Park. Thank you, Michael. And thanks to all the new subscribers. That's patreon.com slash district sentinel. One last thing to do before we leave. Let's check out the listener rant line. Ooh, just got a sexy news update. Romney is voting to convict. Really? Yes. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Guess it will be a bipartisan uh, vote there. Probably soon to be canceled out by Joe Manchin, who I'm sure... I bet you Manchin and Romney talked beforehand, and they're like, well, if we each cross the aisle... (laughs) (laughs) All right, uh... Let's check out that listener rant line. Rat man! Rat man! That's the new Pete Buttigieg campaign song. They're done with high hopes. Now it's now it's Rat Man. They're embracing it. This is Alan Ventano. I love you. Bye. Alan. Alan. Love that boy. Ventano calling the rant line. Great rendition of Rat Man right there. He's actually Rat Boy. No, 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 Rat Boy. No, 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 Rat Boy. Anyways, thanks for calling the rant line. Realtor genius Alan Ventano. 202-684-6108. You too can call the rant line. Leave a message. We'll play it on air tomorrow's show. That's when we'll be back with a brand new newscast. We're here in D.C., so you don't have to be.